0: The scripture reading will be taken from Romans 8, 1 through 13, and it reads, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Jesus Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be be fulfilled in us. Who walking not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, but for for you, living according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put the, put the death, the deeds of the body, you will live. The Word of God for the people of God.
1: Do you ever wish you could leave the pain and failure of your life behind? Jimmy Moran woke up one night in a cold sweat. His two small children had been kidnapped in retaliation by a rival gang. He ran to their room and found them sleeping safe and sound. Thankfully, it was just a dream. But at that moment, Moran made a vow. He said, from this moment on, I am going to turn from my life of crime. And so the next morning, He walked into the U.S. Marshall Field Office to make a deal. He would confess his involvement in a number of unsolved crimes and testify against the head of the crime family in exchange for a reduced sentence, hopefully. The feds were more than willing to cooperate with Jimmy. In fact, they dropped all charges against Moran. They dropped all charges, and they placed his family under WITSEC, which some of you may know is the official name for the witness security program, the federal witness security program. And so uh, Jimmy Moran and his family, and I've changed his name, by the way, so uh, you you can't Google him, but uh, Jimmy Moran and his family were taken into witness protection. They were all given new names. The children too. They were all given new names. They were all relocated to a completely new area of the country. They were assigned new Social Security numbers. They were given new birth certificates and they were given a new backstory. Do you ever wish that you could leave the pain and the failure of the past behind you? Would you ever like to get free from those things that hold you down, that keep you enslaved to your worst inclinations. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, this is what God offers us in the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what God offers us, a new life in the Spirit. A new life in the Spirit. In Romans chapter 7, we we read about the struggle against sin and death, and the struggle that still in our lives remains. And we are left feeling the weight of evil in this dark world. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 begins like this. There is therefore now no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. New life in the spirit means you are free. And it means you are free in two ways. It means you are free from the penalty of sin and you are free from the power of sin, okay? Those two ways, you are free from the penalty of sin and you are free from the power of sin. Free from the penalty of sin. That's where we're gonna start. Free from the penalty of sin. Look with me again at verse one. Verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what's the key word there, y'all? It's no condemnation. No condemnation, what is that? Condemnation is being under judgment for wrongdoing. It's the penalty of sin, the consequence of evil. When you're found guilty, when you feel guilty, you're under condemnation. But God says, for all who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. A longtime pastor in New York City made this observation, thinking about how we deal with condemnation. He said this. He said, many people believe that Christians who confess sin and then live a good life are forgiven at that moment Okay, The moment of turning, that they're forgiven, they're no longer condemned, but they believe that should they sin, that they are back under condemnation until they confess and repent again. We think condemnation comes and goes. We think it comes and goes. It doesn't, but it doesn't come back into your life. It doesn't come back when you've made the same bad decision. What what does God say? God says there is no condemnation. And so this statement that there's no condemnation, this reality is a new, permanent, fixed reality. It's a new, permanent, fixed reality. There is now no condemnation. Those words are definitive. No condemnation. No more guilt, no more shame, just like, we ju- like, just like we sang. And it says that this is true for those who are in Christ Jesus. This means that those for all of you, young and old, who have placed your faith in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus are now justified, no longer condemned. Your past sins are pardoned. You know, like in some relationships, we bring up the past, right? We bring up the past and we say, hey, hey, don't you remember when you did this back when? God doesn't do that. God doesn't bring up the past in order to to make your life miserable. No. He says, now there is no condemnation. Your sins are not simply forgotten. They are placed on a substitute. Your sins are not just set aside, they are placed on a substitute. Look with me at verse 3, where he explains and he says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could never do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin... He condemned sin in the flesh. Okay, So what God did is God sent his son Jesus to come into this world to live in our appearance, to take on our actual human flesh, to live among us. And then God condemned sin, our sin, not his, our sin in his flesh. He's our substitute. He takes our place. God sent his son into the womb of the Virgin Mary to be conceived without sin, to take on this flesh. And then Jesus offers himself on the cross as a sacrifice, as a substitute for all who would believe in him. The charges against you were not dropped. The charges against you and me were not dropped. They were placed on Jesus. That is so important for us to understand because if they were dropped, then they could be what? They could be picked up again, right? But they weren't dropped, they were placed on Jesus. So that God can now say for those who are in Christ, there is now no condemnation. We don't just get a clean slate, we get a new backstory. We get an entirely new backstory, and that backstory is the life of Jesus. It's His life of love and of peace and of hope and of goodness. That's our new backstory. And so that when God looks at you and He looks at your life, he sees not all the things you've done in the past, all the things that He somehow dropped and forgot about. no, He sees Jesus in you. He sees His life covering you. There is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. And if we get that, if we understand that, then it needs to change our lives. It needs to change the way that we treat one another because there is so much condemnation today. There is so much condemnation today. Some of you grew up in religious uh, households where, where everything was so strict and there was so much judgment. Everything you did was judged, every little move was judged. And in today's world, it's not so much the religious, but it's the non-religious who do the very same thing. Every little move is judged. Every little decision is judged. Every little thing you say is judged. We live in a world of non-religious condemnation. But what is it? It's really just condemnation. A well-meaning social media post about a current event will quickly devolve into character assassination. Uh, You are a bigot. You are a racist. You are a Marxist. You are whatever name they want to throw your way. This world is so full of judgment. And we experience it and we see it every day, especially on social media. This is the world we swim in right now. I mean, we can't even go in, We can't judge one another in person, so we, we do it online, right? Because we're so isolated right now. Cancel culture. But really, it's condemnation culture. And look, this is nothing new. This is what we've been doing to one another forever. But if we would believe that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, then those who are in Christ Jesus should not condemn other people. We should not participate in cancel culture. We should give grace. We should give the benefit of the doubt. We We should seek to understand one another instead of throwing stones like everyone is doing today. The world is full of condemnation, but God has a better way. God has a better way. God calls us to live our new life in the Spirit. Look with me at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, don't you love that? (laughs) You, however, redeemed. You, however, those who have faith in Christ. You, however, those who no longer have condemnation. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. He's asking, check yourself, right? Where's your faith? Is it in you or is it in Christ? If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, and he says anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. If our minds are set on the flesh, the things of the earth, condemnation, judgment, then they will not actually submit to God's good law, the law of love and peace. We will not find ourselves moving in the direction of life and of hope, and of goodness. You see, we are to live our new life in the Spirit. And what are the things that the Spirit is preoccupied with? What are those things? It's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's, it's love and joy and peace and all of those good things that God, God creates in us a new heart. New life in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Truth, justice, beauty, honor, peace. So how do we do this? How do we live this new life in the Spirit? I have an illustration for you and a cool picture. Have you ever driven a boat? or Have you ever been in a boat? Have you been in a boat, especially a small boat? You can experience this. And I've had a couple of opportunities uh, to borrow uh, boats and to spend a day on the lake. And I've actually gotten to drive one of these boats. And they have a steering wheel, but they are nothing like a car. Okay, you you get behind the wheel of a boat, and the slightest movement, the slightest shift on the handlebar will change course. And you can end up easily somewhere else where you did not want to go. It's especially hard when you're trying to park because you just make a slight adjustment, and now you're way over here hitting the. And now look, I know some of you have driven boats and you know how this works. Take my word for it, it's not as easy as it looks. Small adjustments to the rudder make big changes in direction. I I want us to think about life in the Spirit like that. Notice what he says. Notice what he says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. It takes a few small adjustments to change our mindset, right? to set your mind, to to adjust your mind slightly, and it will create big changes in your life. What are some of these things? One of the most obvious uh, can feel like law, but it's really not. It's delighting in the Lord every day. Remember the illustration a few weeks ago about bringing your wife uh, roses and saying, it's my duty. I felt obligated to bring you flowers, you know. No, it's I love you. I brought you flowers because I love you, not because it was my duty. That's how this should feel, uh, prioritizing time with God every day. Time in his word, time in prayer, time with his spirit's presence, who is in you as a believer. This is how we adjust and set our course for the day. It's a small adjustment. It's a slight adjustment, but it makes a big difference in the course of our lives. Otherwise, the flesh will quickly take priority. And I I know for me, picking up my phone and looking at social media first thing in the morning has become a really bad habit. Really bad habit for me personally. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it doesn't distract you like it does me. But I really want to commit personally to spend time with God before... I turn on the screen and look at my phone. That's just something I want to do. Maybe you have some small adjustment that you would like to make in your life that will help you to, to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. I'm not going to tell you what it is. This isn't about law. okay? This is about a relationship with God. And So you got to think, what is that? What is that for me? What's that small adjustment that will make a big difference in the direction of my life? I was thinking about witness protection this week as I was thinking about this passage and especially the idea of no condemnation, that you are, you're free, you have a new life. It's incredible. But I was wondering, how many people actually stay in that new life? Like how many people get back into their life of crime after this? And I found that it's actually only about 10%, which I don't think is that high of a number. To recommit after going after having your slate wiped clean and going into a new life, only about ten percent reoffend. Why? Because once you get a taste of God's, uh, once you get a taste of freedom, once you get a taste of goodness in your life, of, of of a good life, a right way, you don't want to go back to that life of the past. And so, not only are you freed from the penalty of sin, but you are also freed from the power of sin. You are also freed from the power of sin. Look back at verse 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Paul is using the word law here to refer to a power like gravity that has sway in your life. The power of sin and death is holding humanity captive, pulling us down, causing us to self-destruct, to destroy ourselves and others. But God says there's a new sheriff in town. For those who believe, there's a new law, right? There's a new power. There's a new sheriff in town. And this is the law of the spirit of life. There is no bondage. Every chain is broken. Before faith in Christ, you were on your own. You were under the power and under the spell of sin and death. And so was I. Where everything caves in on itself, as as was written in the Old Testament, every intention of the thoughts of our heart was only evil continually. Yeah, God gives common grace, and it's not as bad as it could be. But we are not for God. We are not in His corner. As the Apostle Paul wrote back in Romans chapter 3, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God, But the Spirit of God comes into our lives through faith in Christ and liberates you from sin's power. The sway that sin has over you that you feel, like we talked about last week. The struggle is real, right? The struggle with sin is real, but there's a struggle and you're no longer bound by it. You're freed. You're liberated from its power, This is God's grace at work in you. Changing you, conforming you, transforming you into the image of His Son. And so that you can be changed and renewed in every aspect of your life. Enabled more and more to to die to the old way. To reject the old way and to live to the new way. To God's way of righteousness. One of my favorite moments in Black history happened on June 19th, 1865. If some of you know that history, and we've talked about it here before, but out in Texas, the word about emancipation had not yet come. It was delayed. It was suppressed. And on June 19, 1865, Union Army General Gordon Granger officially proclaimed freedom from slavery in Texas. And if you know the dates, you know that this was two and a half years after Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. Two and a half years. Thousands of people were Freed, but nobody told them. And so they continued to live as they were before. They continued to live under bondage in slavery. Freed, but they didn't know it. Their minds were not brought in. The gospel of Jesus has set you free from the power of sin and death. It has set you free from bondage to sin and death, and yet, yet we so often don't get the memo. We so often live like we're still in slavery. We still live like like, like it has power over us, but it doesn't. And our slave master, the law of sin, is happy to keep us there. Just happy to keep us there in that condition for as long as it can. What would you do if you really knew and experienced that freedom of Juneteenth, but on a spiritual realm? What would you do if you really knew that you could be freed from the power of sin? Not just the penalty, yes, I'm forgiven, hallelujah, but I'm not just forgiven, but I'm freed from the power of sin. God tells us why He set us free in verse 4. He says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See that? The whole point of this liberation is The whole point of this now no condemnation is that in order that the the righteousness of the law, the goodness of God, would be fulfilled in us. Who walk, who live, not according to the flesh, the old way, but according to the spirit. You see, God set us free so that we could live free. Free. That we could live not just happily forgiven, but that we could actually live out righteousness in our lives. God has a mission for you. If you're you're in elementary school, God has a mission for you. If If you're in your 70s, God has a mission for you. God has a mission for you to live out His righteousness in the world today. To live in the ethic of love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God With all your heart, you see, we are liberated from the penalty and the power of sin, so that we may walk according to the Spirit. Some of you know my dad retired this week. He retired on Friday. Friday was his last day of official getting paid for work. Now he'll continue to work right in in other ways, but but yes. People are clapping in here. I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, his retirement uh, began on Friday. Uh, began on Saturday. And I was thinking about this reality that we have that we are not only uh, we are not only freed from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. And I was thinking about something that my dad's employer has done for him over the years. Every so often, every five years or ten years, uh, they will. Give out awards to faithful employees, not just when he retired, but for, for quite some time now, they've been giving out awards to those who've served for, you know, 10 years, for 15 years, 20 years. But they don't give out trophies. They don't give out something that you can put on the shelf and collect dust. They actually give you practical gifts. They give you practical gifts. Among other things, my dad received a really nice, you know, big flashlight one year. He received a really nice pair of hunting binoculars one year. And I think his last gift that he received was actually uh, a metal detector, like a legit metal detector that he can take uh, to the beach or wherever. And You see, but these were tokens of gratitude. They were awards that were given for faithful service, but they weren't just trophies, they were practical gifts. And and listen, we are not God's trophies. We are not God's trophies that he just uh, forgave and said, okay, now that you've been forgiven, I'm going to put you up on the shelf and I'm so proud of you and I'm going to leave you there. No, we are practical gifts. We are practical gifts that God wants to use in real life. God wants to use us not just look at us and put us on a shelf. He wants to use you. He rescued you so that he can use you to do his work in the world, to live out righteousness in the world, in the flesh, among our neighbors, among those who need God's presence. He sends you as his practical gifts. Look at verse 10. It says, But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Uh, God saved us. He took away the condemnation so that we could live. So that we could live no longer shackled by the power of sin and death, but now liberated and freed to walk in righteousness, to live in truth and justice and beauty. To live as God created us to live, to live in the image of Christ. Imperfectly, yes, in the struggle, yes, but freed from the power of sin. You don't have to live like you used to live anymore. You've been freed, you've been put in witness protection. The Spirit is at work with His resurrection power in you to bring new life and new hope in you. And so the habits and the patterns of sin that you have lived in so long are put to death. The new life and the new hope and the new desires are raised up in you. The law that once brought condemnation that you heard and you felt was tearing you down. Now that same law is joy and life and peace and hope. And the only way that I want to live. Because my heart has changed. My desires are changed. Why? Because I've been given new life in me. It's not my flesh, it's not me, it's the Spirit at work in me and in you who have put faith in Christ. A war was fought to end slavery. And sometimes a violent struggle has been required to keep that freedom. It's the same in our, in our spiritual lives. Look what God says to us here. He says, put to death the deeds of the flesh. It's one thing to know that you're free from the power of sin. It's another to live like it and to put to death the deeds of the flesh. This is a violent term. It's a ruthless rejection of all the practices that we know are wrong and against God's way and unrighteous. So what does God want us to do? What is God doing in us? Putting them to death. Killing the things that threaten our freedom in Christ. Killing the things that threaten love and righteousness and truth. How do we do this? Just a couple of thoughts here at the end. Number number one, don't play games with sin. Don't play games with sin. Don't pretend that you can keep it under control. Right? I got this. God says, put it to death. God says, kill it. Don't make excuses for sin. We we do it all the time. Right? Call a spade a spade. Don't say, I was frustrated with you. Say, I was angry. Remember what Jesus said I had the seeds of murder in my heart. Tell the truth about your sin. Don't whitewash it. Don't say, I, I was stretching the truth a little bit. <laughs> say, I deceived you. I lied. Own the sin, and in owning it, I think we can, we can clearly see, we can target the sin and put it to death. But if we don't think it's that big of a deal, if we play games with sin, then we'll never think that it needs to be put to death. Tell the truth about your sin. And don't just avoid the things that you know are sin. Run from them. Stay away from them. Anything that leads to death. Because remember, the wages of sin is death. We got to remember that. We got to think. We can't just do sin. We can't just disobey our parents and think it doesn't lead to bad things. It does, it can. A little bit of infidelity in our hearts, uh, it's no big deal. No, it's a big deal and it leads to death. And God says, put it to death before it puts you to death. Catch yourself. Am I slipping into an inappropriate relationship with the opposite sex? Cut it off. Delete the number. Block the calls. Run from temptation. Don't let it get a foothold. Am I, am I drawn towards certain groups on Facebook that, that are filled with bitterness and anger and rage? Am I drawn to that? Do I st- am I starting to, to feel and to live that way? Cut it off, delete the group, run away. Put it to death, the hatred and the evil in your heart. And it's not you doing it, it's the Spirit doing it. It's the new life that Christ has given you, pushing out the death, pushing out the old, so that you can live in the new life of the Spirit. God has set you free from the penalty of sin, and He has set you free from its power. God's mercy has broken through and has set you free. New life in the Spirit. Now go and live free. Go and be free. Go and live free. Go and make those slight adjustments, those mindset adjustments that will change the course of your life because God has said if you're in Christ... You're already free. Now live it. Don't submit anymore to those old chains. They have no power over you. 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 You You're free. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you for the, the, the reminder of our freedom in Christ from the penalty of sin. There is no condemnation and for the freedom from the power of it, that it doesn't have to rule our lives anymore, that we can actually be set free as we trust in you. And as we ask you to help us put to death the deeds of the flesh and to live more and more righteous in the spirit. God, that's what we want. That's what this world needs. It needs your people living new lives in the spirit. So Lord, do that work in us. Do that in our church. Do that in our families. And change the world around us because of the new life that you're bringing about each and every day. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.